0: Hello, good gentlemen. Welcome to the first day of Thatches Thatch Can-Style Wrestling. There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours, squirrel nut. What does WrestleMania mean to Brock Lesnar? It's a day that I get to show up, kick somebody's ass, and get paid to do so. Out loud, we can't use a thing with you swearing like that. I don't give a damn. I came up here for a purpose to prove some son of a bitch and thing, and I'll tell you what I came to prove that Lawler didn't have the guts. I'm back, and I'm back for you. I'm not gonna lie, I'm back for me too. Hey there, folks. Welcome to episode number one of Talking Tourneys. I am one of your hosts, Sam, and with me will be the other host of this pod, Dan Wright. Stan, how are you doing? Doing great, Sam. How about you? I am doing swell. So to start things off, let's talk about what Talking Tourneys is kind of. What we're trying to do here is just to, <laughs> to set things up. Oh. And then I'll just cut this and we can use this in the future. Be like, hey, you got, okay, you don't know what this show is about. This is what the show is about. There we go. There's the tweet. You should so, have a pretty good idea what it's about with the name. Yeah. But. I th- think it's pretty self explanatory. Me and Dan are both big fans of the professional wrestling tournaments, the pageantry, the scale of what they can happen. They can be multi-night single nights round robins they can be all sorts of different variations but in the end of the day they're typically for me a contained sort of experience which is why i always dig them so i can always feel like i get a full meal off one professional wrestling piece of of action you know kind of what was your perspective here when we kind of talked about doing th- this show i think in tournaments
1: just lend themselves to Almost easier storytelling. Like the stories are, are right there. It's you know, it's it's very easy for a you know a, a pro wrestler who maybe isn't great at storytelling to figure out how to tell a story in a tournament setting. Because everyone is familiar with tournaments, everyone, you know, is a fan of sports and understands the basic underdog story or, or getting tired through the night and you know there's just so many ways you can go with it.
0: Yeah, I mean the things can naturally unfold in a way that which things that could take weeks and months to develop over a professional wrestling TV series or independent professional wrestling schedule can kind of just run its course over the course of an evening, which is great for me personally.
1: As I say, as we've seen trying to schedule this, we're both pretty busy. So it's good to just have one three hour chunk in and out beginning, the end story.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we talked about this in direct Messages after we did the Desert Island Comp episode. Everyone go listen to Dan's Desert Island Comp episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, or YouTube. It's great. And then we're like, OK, that was great. And then you had mentioned like you'd be interested in doing a pod and wanted some kind of maybe some tips, tricks on what to do. And I was like, hey, I would love to do a pod with you. So it seemed like it just made sense uh, that we found kind of a common ground here.
1: Yeah, I would talk about Sam with anything about wrestling, as long as it doesn't make me talk about modern day wrestling or what's going on with CM Punk.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, we're doing the AEW <laughs> Trios Tag Title Tournament next. So Ooh. there we go. We'll get a guest host for that one. I'll, we'll take, get a I'll, take, a,
1: I'll take a break. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Episode two, Dan is just he's, he's got to take a break <laughs> on this one. He'll be back next next week. Uh, Alright, and yeah, and I should say, this is not going to be a weekly podcast, but we will kind of figure out the schedule as we watch and record, so more to come on that front. But, for episode one, we're talking about a real hoot of a tournament. I don't necessarily remember how we landed on this specific one, but we're going to be talking about CZW's Tournament of Death 3, Band My Ass! If you told
1: people what we were doing, how many tournaments would they get to before they got to this one as a guest for the first episode?
0: I have no idea that would, it would be <laughs> it'd be up there It'd be up yeah. there yeah 100 100 let's go with 100. yeah it's gonna be, it's going to be triple digits for sure. yeah it's it, we kind of just sort of stumbled onto this one as we were trying to figure, okay, we don't want to start off with the the best of the best very literal sense well, of don't want to start with off with best of the best. Yeah. CZWs, but also like the big prestige tournaments. Work up to those a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that leads us to CZW, Tournament of Death. We got to know number three.
0: Yeah. We can't start with number one. No. Really got to get to the established one. The first one that's not named John Zandig's Tournament of Death. So Don't worry.
1: Go. Don't worry. He's here.
0: He's here. He's here. So. As will probably be the protocol with most of these episodes going forward. We're going to go run down the lineup of talent real quick. So, we have a, was it a 12-team field, 12-person field here? We have, first up, Arsenal and Evil Ninja number two. I'll lump them together because they're from IWS or IWC. They're, They're a couple of Canadians. So that's where they're coming in. We got Nick Gage, Ruckus, Wife Beater, Madman Pondo, Sexy Eddie, Ian Knox, the young upstart at this time, Necro Butcher, Green Phantom, another Canadian, I guess I should say, Sexy Eddie, also Canadian, JC Bailey, and Chris Cash. When you looked at this lineup, Dan, what were you kind of first feeling vibes-wise?
1: Well, you can't go wrong with Gage and Butcher. And this was when, I mean, for a long time, actually, CZW had a lot of Canadians coming in. Uh, so that's, that's this is the height of that. I mean, at the time, I think I only knew, maybe before this or after this, I knew Arsenal. I believe he gave El Generico Death Valley Driver off of something high, you know, a balcony or something. So like, I, I never watched any of the IWS, but I was vaguely familiar with them from clips and from their involvement in CZW. Yeah,
0: I am feel like at this time I was not into independent wrestling at all. So I have no, had no reference for these Canadians for the most part, or at least specifically Arsenal and Evil Ninja Number 2. I was familiar with Sexy Eddie and Green Phantom because they sort of move on more to the modern age to me. At least, I think I'll also say that Ruckus <laughs> is a replacement for Zandig. Yep. Zandig, health, something or other. Couldn't figure out exactly what it was because he was there. He looked good. He looked jacked. He looked like he could could have a few rounds in there. So he looked in
1: he looked in better condition than a third of the field. Easy,
0: absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. But for some reason, nope, not here. Ruck, not in the tournament, but at the place. So we got Ruckus in there to replace him. And yeah, Necro Butcher being still kind of the the legend, even at this point, even before he's kind of accumulated all of his accolades as far as tournaments, he's sort of the, the reigning sort of dude. This
1: was already after the Toby Klein, Necro Butcher, King of the Death match. That was 03, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay yeah, uh, that was that was the big one, at least in my circle at the time. That was the big Necro butcher match that put him on the map for yeah, me. I, and wh- I, I still to this day hold a lot of death matches up to that.
0: Yeah, so looking back, I again, don't have a ton of reference here. We have a Necro Butcher versus Toby Klein match from uh, August 1st, 2003. They do have the sequel, though, that seems to, I think, get maybe a little bit more notoriety from King of the Deathmatch 2004, which is the month before this. Oh, that that could be true, then. But at the same time, like my I'm guessing people do not have the DVD yet for that show. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They might not have quite the frame of reference.
1: See, I could have sworn it was 2003 that uh, Toby Klein like whips the VCR at Necro's head. But, I mean, it could have been 04. I mean, I was in high school, so I'm seeing all of this at the time out of order because I couldn't afford to order all these or watch all these as they were
0: happening. Who could? Who could? But yeah, I do not truly recall, but neither here nor there, like, and Theater
1: is, is the returning champion, I believe. He won Tournament of Death 2.
0: Tournament of Death 2. For some reason, I thought it was Necro. But let me... Now well, I need he... to double-check. My brain will not let me continue without double-checking. Um, <laughs> actually, no. Tournament of Death 2, Nick Mondo oh. was our winner. Maybe he so, won Tournament of Death 1? You're going to make me look up Tournament of Death 1. I'm going to make you look up that, too. Good golly. Tournament Definitely. of Death number one. Zan Zandix Ultraviolet Tournament of Death number one. Yes.
1: Whitebeard okay. does
0: win that one against sick Nick Mondo. So first, this is the first one without Nick Mondo. I guess that is all I've got there uh, as far as that goes. But that's our field. It's I think decent to good. I like. Most of these wrestlers, and they, there's definitely a few that bring something different to the table. Someone like a, I think J.C. Ba- Bailey and Chris Cash kind of fill a similar void, but like Chris Cash being more of that real wrestler's wrestler. And Ruckus being more of a chicken shit heel champion that actually isn't built for this. So there we go. That's a lot. Any other thoughts before we move into the opening of the show? No, I think we should just dive in. So, depending on where we watch this, we watched this at two different places. You watch it on High Spots. I watched it on independentwrestlingtelevision.com. And for my end, we have the show opening where we got the host in the line talking to fans, really asking, who do you think is going to win? What are you excited about? What's going on here? Lots of Nick Gage supporters off the bat. But the funniest one to me, without a doubt, is someone saying Zandig, who is not <laughs> in the tournament and has clearly been announced to not be in the tournament at this point. And I think that's just like a perfect CZW brain answer to that at the end of the day.
1: I will say another fence. This is pre Twitter and, you know, instant social media. So there's a solid chance you could buy tickets when you see the card announced and then not know anything about the show till you show up there.
0: Yeah, the host does say he's down the tournament. He says, oh, he's still going to win it. So, you that, know, that's I can't defend that part. Be- benefit the true. doubt, but also, man, doesn't see him all there. Yeah, we, we do get also a visual of the fan made weapons. There are multiple fan brings the weapon matches on this card. And I truly love the extreme cactus, which is part cactus, part light tube.
1: Were you ever a uh, weapon maker? You ever bring any weapons to a fans bring weapons, match?
0: Absolutely not.
1: You? <laughs> I did. And I was probably, I don't know, 18 years old. And I brought it to a. Uh, it was Danny Havoc versus someone. and I can't even remember. And my mom, it was the most I was already an adult, but it was the most worried she's ever been about me. She's like, what are you carrying there? And I was like, this is this is for the match. And it was. It was a like a wiffle ball bat that I had meticulously put thumbtacks all over that. I took my time to do that because of, I don't know, something wrong with me.
0: Yeah, I think anyone who does make a weapon has a certain screw loose at the time. But that's really cool. Everyone's got a little screw loose here, so not the worst of things. There is a particular weapon we're going to talk about later in the show, though. That did boggle my mind. Because I was like, "Oh, just, I never see this weapon. Why isn't everyone doing this?"
1: More to come. Before we even talk about it, the there's more than just one. The variety of weapons is way better than you'll see on a uh, GCW show or a Circle Six or whatever the deathmatch of your you know choice is.
0: Yeah, the, some real Reeves to be a country type shit. On this show. As far as weapons. Where's the imagination? Where's the spark? It's (laughs) gone. RIP. We do start off with a Zandig promo to start our show. Zandig, like we said, looking great. Looking buff. Looking ready to go. Yet, he's not here. He's out here with his fanny pack. Hyping up the crowd. Really, the, the big takeaway for me, though, is that they got a big old video game sponsorship in the back. For the local retail outlet. And I think that's a perfect match made in heaven. I can't remember when Backyard Wrestling came out. But that game exists because that's the audience. First match. Evil Ninja number two versus Arsenal in a two out of three light tube log cabins. That might not be the technical name. It might be the two out of three fall light tube Log cabins. Who didn't really tell you? Because the rules are, you need to put your opponent through two light tube log cabins. A rule I'm not positive is actually adhered to in this match. <laughs> so give me, like, what are your thoughts on this gimmick? Like, as far as the gimmicks tonight, this is the one that makes the least amount of sense in my head.
1: No, it's the stupidest gimmick,
0: <laughs> and.
1: It's like, it's so clunky and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to lend itself to anything in the match. Like it doesn't like, it's not like they built a story around it or that they had a great idea for it. It just seems like Zandik thought of the name and was like, let's go with that.
0: Yeah, I, I am fairly certain some, one of these wrestlers does go through three, like two blog cabins. I was starting to think, Hey, maybe they have to go two in a row. Doesn't make any sense. I don't believe it. It's a mess. But these are the like two of the smallest competitors in this whole tournament, and it really makes me feel like we got some some little guys in there. What, what were your kind of thoughts on this hot opener?
1: I thought it was actually really fun. The crowd didn't seem into it, which it might just be because they were two skinny Canadians. Um, but it included maybe my favorite spot of the night. Which is crazy to say, because there's so many spots. But the uh, the jumping pile driver onto the chair, the step up pile driver on this chair.
0: Oh, that is a wild move. That I was like, how one? It only works with these two wrestlers because the weight is nothing. Wife beater does that. That chair is just it's crushed immediately. No,
1: same exact thought. I was like, if I stepped on a chair like that, much less holding another man, it doesn't it doesn't stay standing.
0: But yeah, it does, is, and it looks so brutal. And this is indie wrestling. These chairs are not; they did not buy specialty chairs. And you <laughs> know what? We need stuff that holds a lot of weight. Now, this has been the the VA, uh, and has just been sitting there for a couple decades, collecting some rust. So, this is a mix of lightweight and just some agility here. It's sick.
1: I think in a match like this, it basically comes down to are there more cool spots than there are blown spots? And, like, that's the math equation. And this passes that test.
0: Yes, I think this is a fun match. Like, I think I'm with you there. I think it is a match that I'm not sure why you would, if, why you would open the show with it, other than you're like, you know what, let's get it over with. The crowd does not... When a guy like Necrobutcher, Green Phantom, White feeder on the on this card that could literally eat either one of these competitors. It is a little bit harder to take serious in this kind of environment. It definitely feels like deathmatch wrestling via New Japan juniors at times, which isn't a bad combo. I just don't know if that's the combo that the CZW diehards were looking for this sunny afternoon.
1: Yeah, I almost wish, I mean, maybe there probably is an IWS, like like a separate tournament of the of the tiny 120-pound or lower guys doing deathmatch stuff, oh, because hell, you're right. yeah.
0: We need... I'll, have the Tournament of Death be the G1 of <laughs> deathmatch wrestling, more I or less. A, for lack of a other <laughs> wording. And then because have a Best of, of the Super Juniors deathmatch tournament.
1: Canadian guys who aren't, like, super regular, as far as I know, in the, in the promotion. It's like you said, like, wife beater you could you cannot seriously like you're not gonna I mean I'm not a wife beater guy, but the crowd is. You couldn't put the Arsenal or Evil Ninja number two over the wife beater.
0: Yes, you also cannot say the Arsenal and Evil Ninja number two and take it entirely serious if that's your first time yes. seeing them. Yes, true. I think they these are those are two names and looks that you need a little bit more cachet and long term understanding of who they are. Not just throwing them in the opener. I think they won them over in the end as far as the match goes. But it's definitely slow going getting there.
1: Uh, Yeah, but I think you're right. If they would have maybe even just switched the second match, which we'll get to, I'm not a huge fan of, but made that first. It might have made the crowd in a more giving mood.
0: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think that that would be it. But you know what? For us here at home watching this over a decade later, not a bad way. Start the show. Yeah. Should say. Arsenal's moving on. He wins with a fisherman buster bundle through the tubes. It's interesting. I have my notes, I'm like, you know what? The ma- I question the math is what I wrote at this point.
1: Well, I'm really glad you said that because I like wanted to rewind. But I also didn't, and I just thought, well, I must have been—I must have been mistaken.
0: No, no, no. I'm pretty sure Evil Ninja got screwed. It's actually what my ending <laughs> result is here. Um, and like Evil Ninja was setting up two stacks of cabins after he'd already put Arsenal through one. Which I'm like, you know what? You don't have to do this. You're doing too much. You're just setting yourself up, and he did. He got countered, set himself up for failure. That's what happens when you're Canadian. Moving on. The match number two of our opening round, it is Ruckus versus Nick Gage in a barbed wire boards match. How are you feeling about this one, Dan? It felt like not for me,
1: but I get that. they, those guys were over with that crowd. Like whatever you think, like Nick Gage and CGW was just as beloved as he is now in GCW. Yeah, I mean, he was the man already and ruckus was firmly established. Um, I like the ruckus move. I mean, it's exactly what I would do if I was in a uh, barbed wire boards match. He came with, like, I would say, what, three or four jackets on.
0: Yeah, he was like, you know what? Let's give me some layers. (laughs) Let's prevent this from really getting down to my skin.
1: But I think it's about seven minutes feels about 20
0: Oh, come on. You liked it? it... I like this match. Oh. This is, I thought this was quality professional wrestling to, on this show because it's really, it is unlike anything else because Ruck is also is not a deathmatch wrestler and doesn't seem super keen on doing the big deathmatch spots. Um, lots of layers, but luckily it's, it's just barbed wire. But Nick Gage really gives him the business with a chair to start off, which I think is just impeccable form. Ruck, that's what it should be, just Ruckus getting his ass whooped with a chair by Nick Gage, and to me, that's, that's kind of what I was hoping for, I felt like Ruckus was like getting his come up, but pretty quickly, pretty harshly, and that's what I then that, that, it didn't need all blood, it didn't need a bunch of big spots, we've got plenty of matches there, and deliver that, and this feels like, okay, Ruckus, totally out of his element, Nick Gage, totally in his element, and it goes the way you would kind of expect, I guess I could say Nick Gage could have really given a, a bigger ass whooping, all things considered, to really drive that point home. And Rockets get me a little less offense than he did. But <laughs> you know what? I think this is, is fun and is, I think it works better probably as an opener after, before the blood and guts really gets going. And all the six spots start happening. And this could have just been like a nice, okay, this is before we actually get into the real shit.
1: Yeah, wow. I hate the like, fantasy rebook it or whatever, but like I said, like, maybe if it was first... Because that's why... They just felt like they were moving so slow. And part of that is you just had two skinny Canadians running non-stop, throwing each other through light tubes.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't like Ruckus engaged. Gage were really throwing some heaters. They weren't bringing the stiffness outside of those <laughs> kind of initial cheer shots. Um, and yeah, I, I do find Ruckus charming when he's doing his spring uh, handsprings or flippity-doos and it looking sloppy and slow I'm like you know what? i like
1: i like ruckus this yeah. is really unfair but my the number one thing that pops in my head with ruckus i don't know if anyone else remember this kevin steen um, did the kevin Steen show with nigel mcginnis and told <laughs> Nigel against like his low point in ring of honor and maybe wrestling is when he found out that ruckus was being paid more than him <laughs> oh my god you know <laughs> and nigel, nigel was on ruckus's side i guess nigel had a match with ruckus he liked and it was like why and, Kevin seems like he's a good guy, but Ruckus made more money than me.
0: <laughs> it's just hey, funny to think about what? that. I, I hope Deserve it sticks so. with him. Deserve really so. Ruckus is cool. Ruckus is cool. But the, the a- end of this match is essentially Nick Gage doing a face wash with a barbed wire board, which is not as cool or violent as it so- might sound with that description. But you know what? Nick Gage hits a powerbomb into the board. That's one, two, three. He's moving on, as you would expect, <laughs> in Tournament of Death. Any other thought, closing thoughts here on Ruckus versus Nick Gage?
1: No, I think I might have came off too negative. You know the main what? thing That's is they were, both, they were both over with the crowd. Like the crowd hated Ruckus enough, and they loved Gage enough that it definitely worked for them.
0: You can't care what the CZW fans. like. you got to learn that by the end of this evening. <laughs> that whatever they like is not a healthy attitude at times. All right, <laughs> next match is the Wife Beater versus Madman Pondo, and the fans bring the weapons. Match. I want to say, you know what? I thought this was a fun sort of plunder match, but not my favorite match of the first round by a long shot. What? Where are you at, Dan?
1: Ah, uh, similar. Um. I think the wife beater, or wife beater, he has the thing that you shouldn't judge wrestling by. I don't want to be Jim Cornette and those guys, but he looks scary. I wouldn't fight I wouldn't fight wife beater. In a bar, he could knock my drink over and buy, my, buy myself another drink. And then Madman's Madman, like Pondo's Pondo. So, like, it was fun. Uh, I have this thing where I've probably seen in the last like five years more Madman Pondo matches maybe than anyone else, like any other wrestler, just because he's really prevalent in the West Virginia uh, indie scene. And so I think I thought, oh, Pondo's so old, he doesn't take bumps anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm realizing, you got no, got. this is 18 years ago.
0: He didn't take a single bump. Yeah, his biggest bump spot on the defense is him gingerly, like pl- plunking his head through a glass pane. <laughs> Not even like viciously, just like, let me hit it hard enough just to break it, and then I'm out. Uh, that's it. Yes, you're right on spot there.
1: So that was my focus in the match because like I said, I've seen him a lot and he has he has the five minute m- match he does. He comes out with the stop sign like it works for, he did a lot of like free uh, wrestling shows in a Buffalo Wild Wing uh, parking lot and it works for that crowd. It works and I'm like, oh, he just an old, old guy doesn't bump anymore, you know, but I saw this match I'm like that's the same
0: match. Just he's, he's like 100 pounds lighter. Yeah, that's it. No, and I want to bring up also because it's very important to me that Wife Beater comes out to the ring flinging potato chips into the crowd. And I, is this a gimmick that he's been, he does, or is this just the a weird, hey, I'm, I'm at eating backstage, gotta, you know what, let's just roll with it.
1: I mean, like, ferociously flings them into the crowd, like, his with man. a lot of emotion, yeah. Like, I, I don't remember if that was a thing he did,
0: but he did it this night. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Whatever. Yeah, take it. You gotta take it. This match does feature my favorite weapon. It is the Thumbtack keyboard. It is... That's an incredible professional wrestling weapon. Because you get individual keys stuck in a person's noggin And that's what I want to see. I want to see a weapon really just crumble when it hits a wrestler and just stick with them real nice and good. It feels like you get so many like thumbtack weapons. That like, okay, this is really taking it to a different level when an object is attached to the thumbtack. That's to me great stuff. No, and it
1: it was much better made than what my bat was. I'll, I'll admit that
0: like everyone's got to start somewhere and yeah like, yeah like that's you can't go right to the keyboard thumbtacks that is a lot of super glue a lot of time and effort i'm sure the wiffle ball bat was time and effort but you know what like that's that is like hey you gotta start with the the, the, the classics <laughs> you gotta learn hot cross buns all right so the ending of this is absolute garbage Wifebeater is the worst sky high is I've ever seen on a TV screen, but then follows that up with an okay looking power bomb to win to move on. What is beater's sky high called? It feels like that can't be what it's I'm supposed to call it. Do you have any idea? Oh God, no! I'm sure there's a name for it. Sorry, beater, you're getting sky high. That's it. We can. I'm good. I'm fine. With I, that. He didn't. He did not have Pondo Sky High.
1: No, he absolutely did <laughs> not. <laughs> he did not make it to the sky. I can guarantee you that.
0: Um, Mash has me with Trailer Park Slam, but I refuse to acknowledge that as the name for that maneuver. So there we go. Any other thoughts on Peter versus Madman Pondo? No, I did the
1: same thing you did, and I pulled up his ProWrestling.Fandom.com to see what it's Perfect. called. He's got a lot of moves listed here that he, he only did about four of these.
0: Yeah, <laughs> So you <laughs> cannot have that many moves listed for Wife Beater. Yeah, I was like, I didn't see any of these. we got a whole show <laughs> worth, and this is, let me tell you, he did ten. He, that's beyond reasonable. Alright, moving on. You don't, don't disrespect to the Wife Beater, unless he had, has done problematic shit. In which case... I, oh, also... Whoever aged in the show, fire them immediately. You can't have two powerbomb finishes in a row. Just can't. Next up, <laughs> Sexy Eddie versus Ian Knox. Now, Thumbtacks and Carpet strip boards match a gimmick that I was very unaware of and unsure of as I was watching this. Dan, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, An insane
0: amount of Thumbtacks. Very. A lot. Like you would think, like
1: if listening to this, you probably think you're desensitized to the thumbtacks, you've seen how many they throw down. Like, no, this was the most I've ever seen, I think. And to almost little effect. Yeah, it's not oh, yes, like they absolutely. got covered with more. It just there was just a lot more. It probably just made it harder for the poor guys that had to clean it up.
0: Yeah. It was not maybe effective use of a shitload of thumbtacks, I would say.
1: Now I will say the sexy eddy spot that we all know. I thought it was in this match.
0: So I had my own
1: story going, when is it going to happen? When does it happen? It doesn't. It, it does. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it, it, it kept, that kept me interested through the match. I'll admit that. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to hurt his arm, but
0: all right. Yeah. <laughs> when is it going to go on? When is it going to go down? <laughs> yeah. uh, this may be my least favorite match of the first round. Um, it is yeah. the longest match of the first round. Uh, which probably does not help it. I don't think Ian Knox is particularly good as a deathmatch wrestler, even though he's the young CZW student that's got the great look that, you know, looks like he could be a hardcore Randy Orton of sorts. Not the guy to me. Not the guy.
1: No, in the same tournament, you have JC Bailey and Chris Cash, who are both better for that, in my opinion.
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. Chris Cash... In particular, just because, like, he feels like, oh, he could wrestle anyone. Like, if you put him there, okay, he's going to be our competition to American Dragon or something like that. Ian Knox, not that guy. Yeah. Ian Knox, he's <laughs> worse than Ted Di- DiBiase Jr., sort of looking dude.
1: Yeah. It's funny because, like I said, it is the longest match in the first round, kind of by a lot, because they're all short matches. And I have like the least amount to say.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I will say Eddie does t- seduce or tried to seduce Zandik's wife. Oh, yes. Before the match. Yeah. Give her a little bit of a striptease.
1: That was prob- that was the highlight, I would say. Yeah,
0: that is the most entertaining part of the match. Yeah. Zandik's wife eventually gets out of there. Not. It is not gratuitous, as you would think, based on that description. Oh my gosh! It would be a it would be a one on the FD scale. Yeah, he gave like a proper amount of spacing between his genitals and the other person. So that's to me a sign of respect to both her and Zandig, uh, and the sanctity of marriage itself. Whereas, and you know what? Whatever Eddie wins, I've got <laughs> nothing more to say. You anything you want to talk about? I got nothing. Moving on. Green Phantom versus Necro. Butchery. A- okay. bands bringing the weapons. Match. Dan, give it to me. What are you thinking?
1: This is the best match of the first round.
0: It's not close.
1: Um, it's Necro being Necro. And he's just laying in all the shots. And Phantom's giving it right back. And uh,
0: it's, it, it, it's real.
1: It felt real. I thought these guys were really fighting. Uh, Phantom gets destroyed. Um, There's a spot that I think really, I mean, Necro is Necro now. I mean, he is what he is. But there's a spot that I'm like, this is why I love Necro. He grabs the guitar, the hit Green Phantom, but he does what you have to do. And too many pro wrestlers wouldn't do this. He pretends to play the guitar first. And Absolutely. then he whacks him with it.
0: That's the whole, that's the whole kit. Kaboodle, you gotta do it! I will say they do invoke a VCR into this match. They don't live up to that. No, which is unfortunate. You can't like I, I you can't put a VCR in Necro match and not go all the way. It's ruined. But this match rocks. This is just a kick ass sort of thing. Like you said, Butcher, he's going stiff as all hell. Green Phantom dishing it back. Green Phantom feels like okay, that Terminator type of guy, like a brain damage, but he's in there with Necro Butcher, so he's got more going for him in that regard of all the canadians he leaves the biggest impression for me even though he
1: weighs as much as the other canadians put together
0: oh yeah yeah he's, all the other canadians would be like three dudes in a cr- trench coat to get yeah. to his size
1: there's um, a point where they're against where they're up against the fans and there's this fan which i understand but he's trying so hard to get necro to take his crutch i think it is but i'm but necro is just Punching him in the face and headbutting him over and over again. I'm like, no, stop. this is hurting more than the crutch would hurt. Trust me.
0: Yeah. Uh, there is a real sick spot that I'm like, you know what? Tony Hawk, eat your heart out.
1: Where oh, Phantom
0: yeah. does a springboard double stomp to the outside with a light tube skateboard. Somehow pretty much just whiffs on the entire skateboard, but still is hitting the double stomp completely. And I'm like, you know what? You, you missed the, the board, but that's still sick as shit. And then he just still hits him with it. So that works. That works. I'm trying to think if there's anything else here. But, you know, it's like it's just violence, I guess, at the end of the day.
1: And I thought it was short and compact and it felt like a fight, which is crazy. Like I said, someone tried to do a double stomp with a skateboard of, with of light tubes. But it all felt in the moment like, yes, of course, that's
0: what you do next. Yeah, and Green Phantom, once again, very large individual. It's not like Chris Cash, a.k.a. Darby Allen of 2004, doing this size dude. This is one of the largest men in the tournament doing a skateboard spot. That's sick as hell. Yeah. Uh, we also have Necro, hit. I just want to call this out, Necro hitting Green Phantom with a gumball machine. <laughs>
1: Those things are fucking heavy. See, that's the—that's what I thought you were talking about when you said there was a a weapon you don't ever see.
0: No, you absolutely do not. You do <laughs> not see gumball machines. You should see more of them. But like, also, very few wrestlers are going to be able to pick it up and use it in a proper way. Uh, weak arms. But now that I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Here? This is—you can't hit people with that. That is a problem. Um. Yeah, finish here, just kind of go over that. Necro is really hitting just one of the most reckless power bombs you're going to get. It's sort of like, okay, his body is contorting in weird ways that it shouldn't because Green Phantom was heavy as all hell. And then hits his Asiatic Spike for the tap-out win. Really, I think that's the only tap-out of the evening, so Green Phantom. Confirmed wimp of the card, unfortunately, after all is said and done.
1: See that got me because I thought, well, they're not going to have him tap out, even though that it felt like the finish. Like not going to have him tap out. Something will happen, and he tapped out.
0: I think that was rude to Green Phantom after that effort. Just let him pass out. But and no, you
1: know, you know, the crowd did not respect him at that
0: point. Absolutely, you can't respect someone that you just watched tap out after all of that violence. Zandig doesn't get it. Doesn't get it. Still better than DJ Hyde. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about for Green Phantom versus Necker?
1: No, I don't think so. It makes me want to rewatch more Green Phantom, which I'm sure would disappoint me.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna be your gr- your best idea, but yeah. you know, tell me how it goes. We can, we can talk about <laughs> that next time. <laughs> uh next up, JC Bailey versus Chris Cash, light tubes and ladders. What are we thinking, Dan?
1: This is their uh CZW like young lions match, basically.
0: Pretty much. Yeah.
1: And at the time, I'll tell you, at the time, I was an indie wrestling fan, and my best friend th- that liked wrestling only liked Ring of Honor and, like, shamed me for liking CZW. But I'll say, I'm not saying Chris Cash and JC Bailey are, are, are Joe and Danielson, but this match, outside of it being, you know, a crazy ladders and light tube match, this could be on a Ring of Honor show in 04.
0: Oh, absolutely. It fits That's right in with that style. No, they are two wrestlers that got it in that sense and that had the ability to do all the cool spots and to also kind of just weave in some fun narratives, especially with the fact that these are J.C. Bailey's his second tournament of death. So he's coming in with a bit more experience and Chris Cash is coming in sort of like fresh eyed of, okay, this is not really my scene, but I'm going to kill J.C. Bailey and move on regardless he doesn't spoiler but yeah this is like a, a just a hot little number here of all the matches it feels very akin to the arsenal versus evil ninja number two match except slightly bigger dudes and a bit, which more. is so
1: funny to say because it's not like jc bailey and chris cash are big dudes
0: absolutely not Absolutely not. I think the gimmick does them a lot of favors with the light tubes and ladders, where they can kind of do your TLC source spots with light tubes chucked in the middle, so things <laughs> go exploding. And it's just having the best use of light tubes in the entire tournament. We have Bailey kicking a light tube into Chris Cash's armpit. Yeah. What? That. I boggled my mind. I was like, why is no one else doing this? Put light tubes in weird parts of people's bodies and crush them. We also have, um, I think Chris cash kicking a light tube that Bailey is holding. So the, the the spook dust gets into his eyes. And that's, I'm like, what is going on? This is not how you use light tubes, but it works.
1: Yeah. There's the, like, there's a the spot, it looked good, where uh, I think it was, I think Bailey smacks Chris Cash in the back of the head with a light tube. Basic spot. And I think, there's amounts of money that i do that for. I don't know what amount you'd have to pay me to get someone to kick a light tube into my armpit, but Zandig ain't paying it. No? No. That seems like an instant hospital trip, but it worked. It was awesome. There was a, a, a running up the ladder German suplex spot, which is cool.
0: Oh, no, yeah, it was, it was sick. It was like, okay, yeah. that's a spot.
1: I believe that's probably, what, 90 seconds, 120 seconds into the match?
0: Yes, yeah. i mean, yeah. like, oh, that's a spot right out of a Money in the Bank match. That's yeah. 2004, and there's thumbtacks accidentally priced still in the mat, light tubes everywhere. It's not a good time if you're taking it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not as safe as when Sheldon Benjamin runs up the ladder, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not, not quite that secure.
0: Not quite, not quite, not quite. But. Yeah, this is just a a heap full of fun. I don't have a ton else to kind of say. Like, it's I think it maybe lacks a little bit as far as like really hitting that next next level. But like, it's sub 10 minutes, I think. So I'm not going to (laughs) hold that against it. Uh, It's right around the 10 minute mark. It's a lot of fun. I think they use that all that time pretty well.
1: Yeah, I like it, and uh, not to bring the show down, but it's both these guys have, I think, similar early deaths, and it seems like they could have kept doing this, you know what I mean? Like, this could have been, you know, this this would fit in on any deathmatch show in the country today.
0: Without question, without question. Chris Cash, untimely death, and I think around 2005, and J.C. Bailey, um, I want to say 2011 or so. So, sad, and also by you have like the Chris cash memorial shows that CZ ma- and matches that CZW would put on later on. Oh, next match. First, well,
1: ma- wait, wait, you forgot. I believe after this, you get another Zandik promo.
0: Yes. Yes. Saying yeah. how
1: amazing Chris cash is. And now Chris cash is on his team for uh cage of death.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what the cage of death is. In 2004, without pulling it up. you know, good for him. Good for Uh, him.
1: It feels like, I don't remember, I remember Ian Rotten doing what Zandig does during this show. I remember him doing that all the time. I didn't have the memory of Zandig doing it, but there's a lot of Zandig coming out. And just be like, let me get my two cents of what's going on. (laughs)
0: Let me just, let me tell you, as the Booker man. (laughs) Yeah, like he doesn't
1: want to sit on commentary. But he will come out and talk for 10 minutes after a 10 minute match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, looking at, I don't know, looking at this show of Cage of Death 2004, he doesn't get a main event, which feels rude, all things considered, after what we just said, um, but it's he leads a team up against Blackout with two other members of this Cage of Death. I mean, not Cage of Death, Term of Death with JC Bailey and Sexy Eddie, also on his team. There you go. All right. But also we get video of Cash washing himself off some real nasty holes in his body that couldn't be good for him. Couldn't be. Got to clean that shit out immediately. Stuff like that. First match of round two, though. It's Sexy Eddie versus the Arsenal in a light tubes match, which feels quite quaint in the second round. Dan, where are we at with this?
1: This is the match that I was talking about earlier. This is the only thing I think of when I think of Sexy Eddie. Um,
0: Just the squeezing
1: the fountain of blood out of his arm. It's it's gross. I don't like it.
0: (laughs) From a Uh, percentage standpoint, how much more money do you think Sexy Eddie made in his career because he did that? He had that spot at that moment. I
1: mean, if he lost in the first round, does he get brought back? I don't know. Like, or if he loses, or if he or he has this match, but this doesn't happen, I don't know that Sexy Eddie st- stands out enough to really come back. But, that's, like, that's the only, I think that's probably the thing most people think of when I think of Sexy Eddie. Uh, it's funny, when you start trying to Google and see if you can find any reviews of this show, or any any news or anything, people really, really like this match. But I'm not convinced they really like this match. I think they really think it's cool that that spot happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I watched the match, I think it's fine match as Arsenal does his getting his 90s New Japan Jr. impression as a deathmatch wrestler. And I actually, you know, Sexy Eddie's whatever here, I guess, in this match. I don't know if he actually thought, thought he was any particularly good, but he's here. We're doing it. And for me, the coolest part of the match is the DVD 2K1 that Arsenal hits. Which is kind of a one winged angel, but if you just toss some dude off to the side and drop him on their head, and I think that's just a cool idea. <laughs> that's all I got, though. You got the you got the squirt arm spot moment, yeah, and that pretty much makes Eddie a uh, a lifer. You know, everyone is falling in love with him now. He is a man of these people. He didn't really need to do anything else. This match could have been two minutes long, as long as that spot happened.
1: And I feel like we're really harping on his size. But I think that if Arsenal weighed a little bit more, <laughs> which well, is crazy. Well, the and, up! Hit the roids! Get the juice he, on! You know, what is it? Jim Ross says he needs to work on his upper body. Like, he could have been, like... It's not like you had to be huge in 2004 independent scene.
0: Worked on calf muscles. Yeah. Don't wear a t-shirt also, in general. You yeah, he Bleed. tried hard, but I don't know that he
1: put his best foot forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You really gotta let yourself go balls to the wall when it comes to your back bleeding. You have a man who's gonna burn their entire back off later on this evening. And he's not hes not gonna even take a little little thumbtack, a little glass into the back. Come on. Get out of here. Alright, I, I feel like bad, because I didn't say a whole lot of good in this match. Uh, do you have anything else <laughs> You you well, want to talk about? I don't know that
1: it's good, but like I said, like Ars- Arsenal is trying really, really hard. I'm not sure it's always working, but he is clearly given 120%. Wants to make this his moment. It, and then Eddie bleeds He'll a lot in his moment.
0: <laughs> just, you know what? Fuck you, man. Which, Fuck you. This which kind of works in Eddie's gimmick, so. Yeah. I think, like, Arsenal tried hard, but he also didn't know, like, what were the actual things that get you truly over with this crowd yeah you don't see Chris Cash and jC Bailey with their shirts on you see them bleeding all over the place letting themselves truly get in the shit Chris Cash more so just because jC Bailey he's, he's he is a deathmatch match guy Chris Cash less so but and Arsenal should be like he's in deathmatches matches to my understanding and based on what I was see, reading but nope, he just uh, kind of doesn't do it.
1: After the match, I'm not a medical professional, but they immediately just start wrapping Eddie in duct tape.
0: Yeah, that's feels like not the, entirely the move. Yeah, but it is what it is. Eddie does win with imploding sent on onto the trash can. I trash can. But almost very shortly after this, the squirting of blood out of his arm. I'm trying to read on what I wrote Next. Um, you remember what exactly happens here? Cause I am forgetting the timeline of events, but Zandig is out and okay. It's because of the way that smart market video breaks up the next bet here. I can't tell if Zandig's out almost immediately after, or if he's out like 20 minutes after, right before the next round (laughs) with an intermission, but he more or less is putting over sexy Eddie. I different. think
1: it's immediately, but you're right; it's not. It's not obvious.
0: Yeah, because like you don't see. to my not my recollection. You don't see sexy Eddie at this point. It sounds like sexy Eddie. He was supposed to be in last year's tournament. Wasn't able to make it because of a broken collarbone. Was in this one. Zandig just putting him over left, right, and center. A real fucking cornball promo. Honest to God, from Zandig putting himself over somehow. I don't know. And this is the end of. Sexy Eddie's night, he has to go to the hospital or at, least, at the very least have doctors check him out pretty heavily. So he's not going to be go- going to be there for the finals. And Sexy Eddie gets invited to the 9-11 show. So there you go.
1: It makes me think that it really is just Zanding deciding to come out because why would you have him come out two matches back to back just talk about how great someone is.
0: Yeah. Doesn't make sense.
1: Like it really just seems anything is like that was cool. Let me go out there.
0: Yeah, let me and let me tell everyone how cool this is. That's how you but know something's cool.
1: Make sure they know that I'm the coolest.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Next up, J C Bailey versus Wife Beater and another fan bring weapons match. This is an interesting match to me, in the sense that Wife Beater comes out immediately with a weed whacker, putting it to use unless then you have jc bailey just stealing it out of his hands like nobody's business and giving it to wife p i just a very funny opening to this match and a interesting sort of storyline kind of woven here as jc bailey gets things that hurt cuts dumped on him for a pretty substantial period of time but dan what did you think of this one
1: no, I, I'm glad you thought so, too. I remember thinking, like, it's just classic pro wrestling that White beater's like, here's this uh, Weed Whacker. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he yeah, I mean, he the probably, the probably just wacker. hands it to him.
0: It's not like J.C. Billings puts a lot of effort in taking this. It's not like he no, it felt the like they could have come
1: up with a better way to get J.C. <laughs> the the Weed Whacker. It just, like you said, it almost looks like he hands it to him. Like he doesn't, but it's almost like he's like, here you go. And uh, the Weed Whacker is, that's disgusting. That's always cool. Um... And then, yeah, uh, J.C. Bailey kind of works over his abdomen. Like, that's kind of threaded through the match at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, you have the J.C. Bailey using the cheese grater on Whitefear's stomach, which is nope, nope. Also, like, stabbing him with a broken tube. He's doing a lot of good work here. Uh, It's just it, it is interesting that this is the match with the most psychology, or at least two wrestlers that seem to have a strategy of how they're going to approach the other in a way no one else seems to give a shit about. So wife beater, a thinking man's death match wrestler is all I got to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because we're saying all this. We're like, this is the story. This is like, they worked this. It's like a six minute match, like a five minute match or something.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a ceiling here. Not be just, I like short matches. Like they kind of just do like, Hey, here's a fun little through line. Here's another fun little through line. All right, let's end it. So I really
1: think if they would have had a cool spot to get J.C. Bailey, the weed whacker, and that not have been so stupid that it could have taken it to another level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, the finish is not my favorite. (laughs) Uh, Wife Beater kind of. Bailey takes Wife Beater to the truck with all of the light tubes, it feels like for the rest of the show. And then, wife Peter says, "You know what? Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm gonna do another sky. I'm gonna do another beautiful sky high into all the light tubes in this tr- the bed of this truck."
1: And see, the problem is what he Sam just said sounds way cooler than it looks.
0: Yeah, it looks like it hurts, but also in the sense like it just looks really uncomfortable. I guess would, would be what I would say. Because like once they do the spot, I'm like, there's no good way to get out of this. I'm not sure if people here have watched Saw 2. But there is a point with a lot of hypodermic needles. Use needles. Someone gets with a pit of them that someone gets tossed into. And it's very similar to that. Like, once you're in there, it is very difficult to get out without substantially hurting yourself. But, like, the point of of wrestling is, like, the the spot itself is supposed to be a thing that hurts you. Not the, wow... After the match is done, how does it feel to get out? Uh, Uh, That's kind of where I land. Hey, there's a couple cool ideas that they do some fun stuff with. They ultimately, that's not the payoff that they care about. So hard for me to care about all that much. No, I agree. It's
1: kind of like the uh, Sabu Terry Funk, where it's like getting caught in the barbed wire, where like that looks really painful. I don't know that it's pro wrestling.
0: Yeah, 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 Absolutely, absolutely. It's like, okay. And this is also like this isn't the end of a tournament match, so like everyone's gotta move on. JC Bailey is not dead, he's gonna be hanging in the back, you're gonna see him on video. And Wife Peter's got another match. So it is not one of those spots where I'm like, how is he gonna come back? It's just like, oh, that sucks. That <laughs> they can't really take their time doing this.
1: Uh, and it makes me think that, like, going to the show must, must have been horrible. It probably lasted six hours. You couldn't see any of the Necro-Green Phantom matches. They're all over the place. And now you got this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're really getting put through the ringer you attended this thing. But, like, they're probably all drunk and don't care, frankly.
1: Yeah, they knew what they were getting.
0: <laughs> all right, moving on to the next semifinal match. Is Nick Gage versus Necron Butcher in a Pains of Glass death match. This isn't the big one to me. Like this is this might as well just be the finals in my head, because these are the two folks that seem the most over that feel the most authentic to this audience. And there's pocket sand. So this is like what more <laughs> do you want? What are your thoughts here, Dan?
1: Um, I mean, this the crowd was awake for this like they th- this was their main event.
0: You would think um, that would be the the logical conclusion. Was you probably should have made this the main event. I don't understand why you can't because of how this match ends, which is I think is a bad way to end this match. But man, they really should have just let these two go out and just finish it off. This is why people were here, frankly. It felt
1: like. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the ending that we were gonna go with. I couldn't have this be the final, but then I guess the answer to that is don't do that finish. Bingo. <laughs> um Necro got cut pretty bad. Um doesn't seem to phase him in a little bit, which is why I love Necro.
0: Yeah. There there's moments here where like it feels like Necro is trying to set up this big spot on the outside with glass and chairs and whatnot. But he does stuff something that So few wrestlers do is that he makes sure he's coming back to punch Nick Gage in the head every little bit here. He's not taking too many moments in his setup away from his opponent and sure, okay, I got to bop this guy on the noggin, let him sit here for a little bit. That feels like, okay, that's why does no one just do this? Like that's, this is the logical thing that you should do when you're trying to do a big elaborate spot. This is not a big, big spot, but it's big enough. So I'm like, why can't more wrestlers just get get it like that? It's unfortunate that his brain is so bad in general, but like that's such a good. And master has got the best punches. He's just so good at those. That maybe from a lesser wrestler, I'd think less of that. But from him, it's just like, okay, yes, please do more of this.
1: No, you believe when he walks over and just hits him, you're like, well, that's going to take him out for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, I mean, not to take away from Gage, because Gage was his punches look great in this. Yes, yeah. were, I mean, th- I think the answer is they were punching each other in the face, but I loved it.
0: Yeah, there's, uh, there's the barroom sort of fight uh, on the ch- with the chairs where they yeah. punch each other, and Nick's he can throw some some heaters. That's what you want.
1: And I bet in 2004 that was way less annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once <laughs> that's, it's not that's been, been at the every single of show being
1: a spot. Yeah, but now we've all seen it so many times. But uh, there's the one pane of glass spot that I'm pretty sure the people that took the most damage were all in the audience. Um, which, you go to CGW shows, I guess you're ready for it, but it seemed like all the paint and glass just shattered directly into the fans' faces.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, it feels like this was definitely one of those matches. Okay! This is gonna go everywhere. We're, we're not playing around. This match might have my spot of the night, all things considered. Where Necker does a Frankensteiner from the top to the outside through a glass pane on chairs. And I honestly got thought Necro broke his leg on this spot. It was just so reckless, so nasty. It felt like, okay, let's get it back in there and end the match. And unfortunately it doesn't. There's a lot there's a good bit more to go. Not a huge amount, but a good bit more. Um, but that spot just feels so huge in the grand scheme of things on this show where there's a lot of big spots, but nothing feels quite as violent as what Necro does here.
1: Um, it seems like nothing's going to end that way where you do that big spot and you roll them in and pin them. But I thought I was, I didn't know. I don't remember the finishes of this. Didn't know who was in the finals. I thought that was the finish. I thought he rolled them in, maybe hit him with a power mom or something, but like, this is it. We're done.
0: Yeah. Um, unfortunately that's not the ending we get. The ending we get is, Ruckus and his cronies blackout coming to the ring and sort of distracting and getting gauged off his game enough where Necro Necro could take the advantage. He doesn't necessarily win off this, but, like, it's the way it sets everything up to be the final ending here. So, eh, like... I almost wish they, had, they would have just done the distraction and finished it. Like, you know, The distraction is just going to set it up for another couple more minutes.
1: No, yeah, definitely. I like the match. And I, I'm i not saying I, these guys at this time couldn't have had a 15-minute match I liked. But it felt like there was at least two or three spots. Like two or three points where like oh, you could have end it there, you couldn't end it there, you couldn't end it there. And then the pinfall didn't work at the end.
0: So... Yeah, and it just, it's you know, Necro miss like doesn't break a, a, gla- a glass pane on Gage a couple of times, and the crowd oh. starts starts calling him a pussy. So yeah. you also got that working against you here towards the end.
1: Which he seemed to be hitting him pretty hard with the
0: paint. Yeah, that was, what was so funny. But he's like, <laughs> like
1: they're calling him a pussy, but I'm like, I don't know what more you want him to do.
0: He's like, what do you What do you want? What do you want? You're probably gonna get glass in the eye if he really tries to throw this any harder. <laughs> so. Godspeed, I guess. Yeah. But Necro wins. This is the longest match of the entire tournament. It doesn't quite feel that way in my eyes, honestly. But like, this is the longest one. So there we go. Are you ready to move on to our finals? Yeah. It is the Wife Beater versus Necro Butcher versus. Sorry, Wife Beater versus Necro Butcher in a Light Tubes double hell death match. A gimmick. I actually don't know what it means. <laughs> do you know what a double hell death match is?
1: No, and it's very funny because most of the giving names are so like literal, like two out of three log cabin light tubes death match. And this one, they're just like it's a double hell.
0: Yeah, like I assumed it had something to do with fire. Post <laughs> having watched but, the match, but it doesn't but like, it finish the match. That doesn't make sense because, like,
1: yeah, like, did they did they have to use fire? Because this was called double hell.
0: They did it through two tables. Maybe that's it. But then at the same time, it doesn't. There's a pin. There's a pin that ends this match. So why bother? I don't know. I don't get it. It's not a great gimmick name. But it's an okay match. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts overall here for our finals?
1: I liked it. It has the problem that a lot of these deathmatch tournaments have, which is very fair. And we're going to watch a lot more tournaments, so maybe a lot of regular tournaments have it too. But these guys seem pretty tired.
0: Lots of sucking win here.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, is true to life. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of the early FCs. You know, the guys were exhausted by the time they got to the finals. So that is true to life. But, like, Wifebeater, who <laughs> seemed to have an easier go of it than Necro, was in rough shape in this match.
0: Big body, lots of muscle to carry around. That's what they always yeah. tell you. Yeah, I don't, this match is perfectly fine, way to end our show here, but it's not like a classic finals match, like you said, they're both pretty tired, sort of hanging in there, and there's not, to me, a whole heck of a lot that happens before we get to our finish. Also a short match, less than seven minutes, but. Is it just me, or did it feel like this kind of jumped to the finish, and the finish took a long time to get to?
1: No, exactly. And then the finish isn't, like, as spectacular as you expect from a tournament of Death.
0: Yeah, do you want to kind of break down what that finish is? Just so we can kind of get that quick visual, even though I don't think it's going to do it quite justice. Uh, I mean, it's double hell. Double hell. (laughs) <laughs> there's a very there's a large truck yeah and there's a lot of time spent climbing up to the lar- this large truck like a lot of time e- yes the if this man- match to cage match is six minutes and 34 seconds two minutes climbing the truck at least at least i was Shout gonna say to three. three like that it's <laughs> literally so fucking long we just already said wife peter's tired of shit He's climbing a truck? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and the finish is an air raid crash through a flaming plane of pane of glass in a flaming table. This that may be just a pane of glass in a flaming table, but you get the drift.
1: Yeah. See, I was trying to you asked me to break it down, but like that sounds way cooler than it is.
0: It is much cooler. That sounds much cooler than what it actually is.
1: So I was trying to figure out a way to say like, hey, every word I'm using is exciting. This isn't exciting. (laughs) Yes,
0: no, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like
1: two tired guys fall through a table that's kind of on fire.
0: Yeah, so when I say like, it's the single worst sky high I've ever seen in my entire life. This is kind of similar as far as air raid crashes go. Not quite to the extent, but it's more of a, Half-baked sidewalk slam of sorts, and it, it the truck looks big, and yet the, the fall seems very short. And I don't know how geometry works in this sense, but, like, the fall just doesn't seem to match, like, how high it looks at first. Optical illusions.
1: And, and I wonder, I mean, well, part of it probably is we saw two guys take over the climate, so that made it seem taller but it's i also hilarious. wonder if we've just seen so many roof spots like joey and zanding and all that where maybe i don't know maybe this was more impressive at the time and i feel terrible because like there's no way this was fun and i don't want to like minimize what these two men did to their bodies but it just it was not it was one tenth as cool as the frankensteiner to the outside in the necro uh gauge match
0: yeah one of like that's what we should have done he should have it done wasn't, Frank Steiner off the it, truck. It, yeah, that would have been the real, the real finish here.
1: But it just visually wasn't a pleasing, which it seems like in my mind, a tournament of Death is almost building to a big crescendo, a big violent spot. Yeah, you know, of Death, Cave Match. You want your biggest, most spectacular spot to be the last thing you see, which the whole reason to not have Gauge. Butcher be the finish, I assume is because they wanted to do the stuff with Blackout, they wanted it to be cheap, is to do a big, spectacular finish, and this this wasn't it.
0: No. Absolutely not. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. But that's Tournament of Death 3. Banned. My ass. <laughs> and like we're going to be doing around this time, we're going to give out a couple of accolades for match of the tournament and wrestler of the tournament i think we're gonna be on the same page with at least one of those but dan what was your match of the tournament
1: uh butcher green phantom and i don't know that it's very close
0: i am with you i also had green phantom and butcher as my number one i had Butcher and Gage as kind of a closer number two, but that kind of finish and not just that that finish was cheap, but sort of how they went about the extension of that match. But this one, this is just a, this is beauty. This is what I wanted. I just wish maybe this could have happened in the second round almost, because that feels like that's when all of the blood and guts really started ramping up. But no, this match kicks all sorts of ass.
1: What about uh the the wrestler of the tournament?
0: My wrestler tournament, you know what? I think that's pretty self-explanatory at this point. It's Necro Butcher. He's gonna be the <laughs> probably the wrestler of the tournament for most tournaments. He's in quite frankly. Yeah.
1: That's but. my answer too. I almost wanted to give, like, almost to be contrarian, to give it to JC Bailey, just because his. I think that his two matches are maybe, like, two of the more smartly worked matches of the tournament. Yes. But it's clearly, but it's clearly Necro. Yeah,
0: it's like clearly Necro. <laughs> JC Bailey did have the best wife-beater match of the show, in my mind. Yeah. I guess that's something. He's got that one on Necro Butcher. But, unfortunately, his night ended before he could have a match against someone not named the wife-beater again. So... Yeah, I think that he's one of the smartly worked wrestlers. But we got.
1: And then Green Phantom, he he wins out because he only had that Necro match. So I'm left thinking about how amazing he is. Or yes. if he maybe had more matches, a lot of his holes would have shown. But.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, I, want, I do want to see what Green Phantom versus Evil Ninja number two would look like. But <laughs> I'm sure there's a show with that. I'm but sure yeah. there's yeah, an IWS show with that. Absolutely, absolutely. So we got. Both of us have Green Fanta and versus Necro Butcher as our match of the night. And then Necro Butcher as our wrestler of the tournament. That's that's Cage of Death three man, my ass. Dan, like overall, where are we rating this show? Like, where's I want to have one to five here. Ooh,
1: you I think it's going to be shocking because I think I came off negative for a lot of things. But it's because a lot of stuff was way closer to being great than I thought it would be. Yeah, like a lot of stuff I thought was going to be awful. Like it wasn't a joke pick as a tournament, but I thought, oh, the highs will be highs and the lows will be so low. But like, there was a lot of stuff in the middle that I thought just a little bit more, a little bit different, and it would have been great. So I think I'm gonna do like a, I don't think like a
0: 3.5. I mean, I think I'm with you. I feel no, like bad don't feel because to watch
1: it. But if for some reason someone puts it on in front of you, sit down. Yes.
0: Yeah. I feel bad <laughs> because now it feels like oh we've just agreed on all of the major sticking points of the show. <laughs> But, also, that means in future episodes, we're not going to be seeing too much shit that neither one of us likes all yeah. that much. So, that's that's good, maybe. But, yeah, I'm 3.5 as well. Like, I think this is quite good. I would not say, you better go sit your ass down in front of the computer or your Roku or whatever and watch Term of Death 3. Banned my ass. But... Like hey yeah it's a good time it's a good time.
1: I'll also say that now that when we're in the future and we're looking for more tournaments like 2003 to 2005 CZW tournaments are going to be kind of high on my list. Like we need the at some point we need to check in on the other King, uh, king uh, Tournament of deaths and the best of the best. Like it held up way better than it had any right to.
0: Oh absolutely absolutely I think it'll be fun to also talk about King of the Death matches from. These various years, as we compare the two, to like, okay, what is the difference between these two major deathmatch tournaments? Really, when we get down to brass tacks, I'm looking forward to it, brother. Yeah, me too. Do you, Dan, as we wrap up this episode, do you have any plugs you'd like to dish out? I know you gave a very special plug last time we were on.
1: Oh, I did. My sister is a real estate agent in Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia. So uh, look her up, Tesha Bentley Hall on Facebook. That's my big one. Uh, outside of that, no, I mean, I got Twitter. Uh, I'm sure Sam will tag me in it. Um, But yeah, Uh, everything that Sam might not plug it hard enough. Everything that Sam does on, we don't know wrestling is amazing. All of your shows worth listening to.
0: Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Go follow at WDKWPN on Twitter to follow along, see all the shows we're posting with QNT. Are from Quentin and Tim at QNTR on Twitter? I, their show is great. I am incredibly biased. They just had Trevor Dom from years through the years. So, absolutely go listen to that episode. But yeah, I this is going to be a really fun series. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you all enjoy listening to it. And then, more to come.
1: Can we tease what the next one is?
0: Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, man.
1: I just do a blank. That's hilarious. Uh, Super Jacob 94.
0: There we go. There we go. We're getting into one of the big ones
1: next time around.